Hey, everybody, welcome back to Simply Soccer World Cup Edition with Michelle Houtink, me, your co-host, and, of course, Christian Conway. I did not miss the stress of this over the past eight years, but it was an absolutely fantastic day. It really was an emotional roller coaster of a game, but of course it was. We're U.S. fans. Like, what else are we going to get? Um, yeah, the this is, I would say, the most exciting game so far. However, the other games have been really slow and I mean dare I say boring because it's like um you know there's a lot of factors that that go into you know the the other matches so you know Wales had not qualified in what 65 years and the U.S. missed um the 2018 cup so for the U.S. to play as well as they did that first half because this is a team that we did not see playing well in the friendlies and then when I saw the starting lineup this morning I wasn't really sure I mean I understand why these guys were picked right I mean they all we know all of these names Josh Sargent Tim Way Tim Ream Christian Pulisic uh Weston McKinney uh Eunice Musa Anthony Robinson Tyler Adams Walker Zimmerman Sergino Dest and Matt Turner like these are these are names, um, you know, that we know they're all young guys, second youngest in the World Cup um, of all the teams. And, you know, being young, I knew that there would be mistakes. Um, I, but again, that first half literally had me feeling like this U.S. team is, is going to win the cup. <laughs> I know that like, I, I wasn't all that optimistic about. Um, even breaking out of our group. But that first half, it, these guys look like they actually play together, that they weren't just, you know, put together for a camp. So it, it was really, it was really a great start. Yeah, I think what is so fascinating about that first half is the fact that, like, I mean, they played so incredibly well in terms of finding those, like, little triangles that we kind of look at in terms of passing lanes. And the United States did a very good job of looking at a team that was, uh, I I mean, Wales wasn't shy about what they're going to be, which is a team that's going to sit deep, bunker and counter, and make it really hard for you to operate in the half spaces, right? And the United States lives in those half spaces. They love that. They feast on it. I will say this. Um, I think, you know, they, they fielded the best lineup they possibly could. Um, Tim Ream being an excellent player uh, was a very smart, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, culture decision, if that's the word to describe it. But, I mean, he was so... Uh, the father figure on the field. But what I would say is this. Um, I think what they were trying to do was trying to hit overloads on the Tim Weah side. And it worked once because Christian Pulisic then gets inside, hits that one beautiful pass to get Weah in, and it's the most simplest of fishes, finishes. Excuse me. But uh, I do think they... I think when they scored that first goal, when we look at the second half, they really took their foot off the pedal because, look a lot of these guys haven't been in a World Cup before, right? Like, I mean, we're talking about a group of individuals that, outside of DeAndre Edlin, have never played in a World Cup. Well, what happens when you're 1-0 up and you've never been there before at a World Cup? Well, of course you're going to pull back a little bit, stay a little bit on the back foot, stay a little bit, you know, let the game come to you. And I understand what Bearhalter was thinking in that second half, which was, okay, we have a 1-0 lead. We're a young team. We have to get our feet under us. So let's let them come to us. And I mean, if you look at the possession numbers, I mean, and I know possession is a meaningless stat. I've said it multiple times on this podcast, but here I feel like I actually might have some kind of work. 
which is, I mean, they had 60% possession through the entire game, but it looked like, you know, just Wales was a little bit more cultured in that second half. And the United States played that first half incredibly well. Like, I think if they can go after games with that intent, then they're going to have a lot of success. I mean, you know, you look at the England-Iran game earlier today, Iran scoring two goals against the England back line that was kind of at sixes and sevens at time. I, I, I just feel like this was a missed opportunity. But at the same time, it's like you come out of this game with a point, right? Like, that's good enough in a World Cup where maybe considering how tough this group is, because, I mean, Iran's probably the the odd team out in this group, right? Wales is a good team, but doesn't play a lot of very good attacking soccer. They're generally a bunker counter team. They'll play Iran, and I don't think that's going to end in one team winning that. And the United States, if they play like that, if they play like they did in the first half, then I actually truly believe they can get a point off England. And I truly believe that they can get three points off Iran. I think a lot of people are reacting to the fact that while we conceded a dumb penalty, we did. And we'll definitely break that down coming up. But as a global kind of thing, one point out of the first game is not the end of the world. Like, I mean, this is a very good start to a World Cup. And like I said, this is a team that I didn't even think was going to play that well. I mean, that was... That was some really nice, like I said, teamwork in that first half. Um, like you said, with the possession, uh, the passing, the chances. I mean, it was definitely the U.S.'s game to take in that first half. But, um, you know, to no surprise when the second half comes on that, you know, things change a bit. I mean, that's that's the way it's going to go. And I know, you know, we hate LAFC. We hate Christian Bale. Um, you know, this is a U.S. team that doesn't have any Galaxy players on it. And, you know, we're here rooting for Kellen Acosta. But, um, yeah, it was it was all about, at that point, just making sure that we didn't open up to give Wales that space and that we got the ball back whenever it was taken away. And then, again, like, yeah, how was the U.S. team going to respond, right? Because things are going to happen in games. You're going to you're going to get dispossessed. Um, you're not even going to get scored against. So, you know, what are you going to do about those things that happen? And when this is such a young team, um, it was nice to see them step up and really fight all the way to the end that. So, yeah, we'll talk about the refereeing. So oh, those, those first two yellow cards were unnecessary in so many ways. And yeah, I mean, you know, this, this loss is totally on the U S men, right? They gave up at penalty kick. But the refereeing didn't didn't help. Um, it, I, it was atrocious. Yeah. If I may step in real quick, first off, I believe you conflated Christian Bale with Gareth Bale. Um, oh which, my bad. <laughs> well, still. And 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 a one one draw that feels like a loss, but I I, I don't think it is a loss. I think um, I I do I will I will say about the refereeing. I think there was a couple of moments where i don't give yellow cards that early if that makes sense where it's i understand why he did it like i understand it's to get control of the game as early as possible just remind players that you know hey don't go too heavy early i get it i understand it i don't necessarily agree with it personally i prefer the conversation aspect where it's like hey you know like you made a wrong like hey you know you went in really hard on this challenge normally i'd give you a yellow but let's let's calm it down a little bit that referee was not interested in those conversations. Um, 
And then he wasn't fair because then Wales did challenges too that should have been a card. Yeah, um, that's that's going to be a thing. Like, I mean, World Cups are brilliantly beautiful because you have two different confederations plus a third confederation, which is the referee, right? Like if we had Nestor Patania from Argentina, someone would have had to get sent off because they would have chopped someone's leg off. Like, I mean, there is this kind of, uh, it's it's how different leagues see different plays right like that's why the world cup is beautiful in this in a certain sense because we're watching you know for example earlier this morning where it was like afcon versus you know uefa and we had you know uefa versus Concacaf. like i mean those those languages are different and they're wonderful and brilliant and cool in terms of the way that soccer is played however referees are generally the ones to kind of be the ones that i guess are are arbiters of that but also i think there's also a a fifa directive that professional fouls fouls that would normally be like time wasting fouls are now officially yellow cards because i was seeing a couple fouls with like weston mckinney's yellow and serginio dest's yellow where it was like that's on the line but it seems like fifa is putting on a very serious emphasis on those kind of fouls being yellows just to remind players um yeah, I, I look at this game and I, I think to myself, the United States, we've struggled in terms of the attacking third, right? Like, I, I, I mean, it was like four goals in seven games or something like that. And tonight slash this afternoon, wherever you are in the world, they really just couldn't get it done in the attacking third. But there was moments where they would find that overload and especially Timmy Weah being on that left-hand side, just kind of being that outlet valve and then letting Christian Pulisic run into space because you were pulling gravity towards Wea, that worked. Um, I, I do think it leads to something that indicates to me that when they play better teams, aka England, they're going to be a little bit more counterattacking. They're going to be a little bit more deeper. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if when they play England on Friday, they go to the 5-3-2. I would actually completely agree with that decision. Uh, simply because I think if you add another center back, I don't think this England team is particularly good in the, in the final third. And I think that defense is get-outable, especially if they let an Iran team that didn't have their best player on the field score two goals. I think that's a little bit of a conversation here. But I do think this U.S. team, and, and I was talking to a couple of people at the watch party here in Boston, and I will give a full shout-out to AO Boston. You all are wonderful. It feels like a team that you know gets through this game, but it it's 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 lacking a bigger vision. If that makes sense, like yes, this team figured it out. It was a four three three that played as a three five two in defense, and then played as a kind of a three four three in attack, and it figured it out in the sense that they you know had Wea as the outlet ball. Christian Pulisic did far too much, and I I think Christian Pulisic probably had his worst game in a U.S. jersey. I'm you know, racking my brain for other performances. Well, I mean, he needs to also share the ball. I mean, why didn't he want to pass it to Sargent, you know? Because, and, and... Well, well, no, because Christian Pulisic believes he's the one guy that is the savior of this all. And Yeah, but I thought he is... got over that. Like, you know what I mean? I thought he stopped trying to be that guy. Well, that's what we all thought. And then, you know, you look at his form with Chelsea and you look at the fact that he's not happy there. We know that. Well, here's the thing about a Winter World Cup. You have to figure out a way to sell yourself in this month if you want to get out of chelsea and you want to prove yourself to you know the american contingent i mean every ad was all around christian pulisic well 
what are you going to do? You're going to try and shelve the load when maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Like Yunus Musa, for example, was like one of the players I actually really highlighted this evening because he was so brilliantly good on the ball. And it was like, if just those connections kind of happen, then we're there. But it just, it, it just feels it's a really good group of individuals that are looking for a bigger context and they haven't found it yet. And I don't think Bearhalter is the guy to bring them through. And I think that's why I'm a little worried uh, about this, 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 this group stage campaign, because it's like, okay, we have this great context, right? Like we have phenomenal players, Yunus Musa, Christian Pulisic, Tyler Adams, Weston McKenney. Uh, I mean, Sergio Dest, I could go on and on. Walker Zimmerman, Tyler, or uh, Tim Ream, you know, like the names roll off the tongue, right? I mean, Josh Sargent was brilliant tonight, but it's a bunch of individuals that are looking for a larger context. And I think that was the problem. And that's why they kind of lost that second half and why it's a 1-1 draw rather than us kind of crowing over a 1-0 win is that we lost the context of the game and the game states. And I, I think that's going to be a concern moving forward. And I'm, and I've, I've, I'm generally not a bear holder out kind of guy. But I think if you look at what happened this evening, I, I have some questions in terms of the substitution patterns, the way that everything worked. And yes, they were dealing with yellow cards. Yes, they were dealing with injuries. And it looked to me like a team that wasn't really ready for this moment. But, and, and that's understandable considering the fact that, you know, they haven't played in this moment for the past eight years. But at the same time, you know, bearholter has been here. Everyone around that coaching staff's been here. You have to be able to train them to do that. This feels like two points lost in the sense that, yes, they got a point out of it, but man, those three points were sitting there on the table. Yeah, completely. I, you know, when Christian Pulisic is cramping up so early and I know that he wanted to come back in, in my mind, I'm like, sub him. Um, you know, we, we were up. Um, you got to rest these guys so that way they're ready for the next one. And I mean, to me, like I said, the starting lineup, or these are all guys that we know. There are other guys that are fully capable whose names, you know, we, we recognize and we'll get to know better, give them a chance, you know? Um, so when, you know, the subs came late, I understand it, but at the same time, and, you know, we can sit here and harp on Berhalter, like, you know, for a whole other uh you know it was a series of podcast episodes but the thing is you know this is who we've got right now you know former player um you know knows what to tell these guys has his own experience obviously so i think you know some of the the subbing decisions late like that in a, in the first game when like you said we we've got england coming up that's another powerhouse that we're going to have to definitely take that win um you know, yes, there are points, two points left on the table. Um, you know, I think that that Zimmerman challenge on that and giving away that penalty, yeah, that's super frustrating. That's what makes this one-one draw so disappointing. But again, these are the things that are that are bound to happen when, yeah, like you say, like they're losing control. They're you know they've got a bigger context in their mind. And it's like, you got you to gotta think about the next game. All, you know, all they had to do is really hold it because, to be honest, I don't think Wales was going to score. I know everybody's like, go Gareth Bale and what he can do and everything. But, you know, Bear, Gareth knew what he was doing as well when he got taken down for that penalty. It's definitely a penalty, but he knew what he was doing. So, and so, 
you know, and then even uh, Turner got a hand on that PK, you know? So two points about that penalty. And I will say this, I will, I will maintain this as long as I die. Um, the one thing about very smart players is that they force referees into decisions. Gareth Bale forced a referee into a decision and he knew that it was a very unsure referee is what I will kindly say. The other thing about that, about that is this, like, look, the United States in that first half probably should have had two goals. Like we all know that, but the fact of the matter is they sat back. They really took their foot off the gas. I don't know why. And I, I and I question this because the, 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 the space that Wales was finding, the lines were just not connected in a way that, I, 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 Bearhalter's teams are usually generally very organized and well marshaled. He's a center back. It's it's his his nom de jour. I was just surprised at how disorganized the United States looked in that second half. Now I will say this: I think they were playing a team that did the exact strategy that they wanted to do to other teams, which is to sit back, counter, and figure it out on the break. I think what we're going to see against England is a little bit more of a defensive shape. I think what they're going to do is probably bring in uh, Freria as the number nine is a little bit more of a counterattacker runner. Um, but I don't think they're in a bad place right now. I, I, I really don't. And and yes, this feels like a loss. Like I think everyone that I talked to at the Banshee in Boston, all of us were kind of mournful in a certain respect, but having time to sit, grab some dinner and think this isn't the end of the world. We've seen world cup teams qualify for less. Like, right. Like, I mean, we're on one point right now. I've seen teams get out of the group stage on two points. You know, like, this isn't the end of the world. But they do have a really tough game coming up. Now, that being said, I wasn't necessarily impressed with England over the past, you know, couple of games. And I do think England's get addable. And honestly, if, if Bearhalter's, you know, really feeling it, I'd really like him to go heavy. Like, I'd really like him to go into 3-5-2 and actually really attack this lineup. But Iran as the last game is everything. And I think we've talked about it before here because... We talk about the U.S. Men's National Team a lot. The order in which you play teams matters. The fact that we have England as the middle game, I think is a very big deal for the U.S. Men's National Team. Because, like, look, we looked at that Wales game and we said, if we can get three points out of it, then group's over, right? Six points against Iran, we're good to go. The fact that they got a point today, and then, honestly, anything we get against England is gravy, as far as I'm concerned. And then... Iran's probably three points considering what we saw. I don't think they're going to get anything against Wales. I think Wales might actually win that game pretty handily. I, I just feel like it's not the end of the world right now, but I think the United States has a lot to fix in the sense of they need to keep the lines tighter. Um, I, I, I felt so much disconnect in terms of the defensive line to the midfield line to the forward line. And the thing about it is this, if you're going to lay off you know, a team, then what you what you need when you're going to try and counterattack is you need outside back or center back midfielder forward, right? Like you need that quick passing line in order to break that space in order to force the team that's attacking you to spread a little bit so that you can kind of eat those spaces. If you watch the second half of this game, the United States never really got there. I mean, they had one or two opportunities, but Christian Pulisic was too busy kind of trying to preserve the result rather than necessarily being like, all right, let's drive. And I think, you know, when Brandon Harrison came in, it really changed the shape of that midfield in the sense that, okay, we're on the ball, let's go. You know, and, and I think that actually made the United States a little bit better. And I and that's why I kind of believe they could have found a second in stoppage time. I think they're going to be a little bit smarter 
against England. I think Wales was a free hit. Um, and I think they're just going to be a little bit more happy to bunker in a little bit, hit on the counter. It wouldn't surprise me if we see a Gio Reyna or a Brendan Aronson start just because you need the pace, you need the the work rate, you need the the battery, so to speak. But I, I, I do think they missed an opportunity here, but it's not the end of the world, if that makes sense. Like I'm, I'm both positive and negative at the same time, which is a really weird emotion to experience. I, I do think they are in a good place to get out of this group. They do need to start scoring goals, and they do not do that very well. Yeah, uh, they definitely need to get behind the net. Otherwise, England will punish them, uh, definitely. I mean, you know, all the credit to Wales, um, you know, for what they did in that second half to keep us from scoring. But, you know, the yeah, the U.S. men just have to, to move forward now. Um, I'm, I have mixed feelings about, you know, changing the starters, um, just because they played so well in that first half. And I'm a little worried that tweaking it too much is gonna, you know, it's, it's, it could mess with the chemistry a bit. Um, but at the same time, like, are you guys got, you know, if you got guys cramping up and maybe they should come in a little later or something, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure what to expect. Um, if you know with the lineup change so uh, to speak or or you know what you, you know now that they've had some experience i'm glad for it you know get it get it out of the way you know the like world cup nerve so to speak but england is is not you know this is not like cat and mouse this is like they they've really got to go in and they've really got to have it together like you said it wouldn't surprise me if deandre Hamlin starts on uh friday afternoon or morning wherever you are um, I think they need a little bit more culture at that position in terms of the fact that like, I love Serginio Dest. I think he's brilliant. He's fun. Um, but the whole entire fact about Serginio Dest is that it can go one of two ways, which is it's brilliant or it's brilliantly bad. And that's it. Um, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they go a little bit more conservative in terms of the midfield. Uh, I, I think Yunus Musa probably doesn't see the field against England uh, just because you need to kind of keep that midfield shape a little tight in order to force England out to the wings, and the wings are not been good for England, especially with Trippier, et cetera. Um, I would think they're going to probably try to keep it very central against England, just you know, do the 5-4-1 bunker kind of mode, and then just when you can win counterattacking battles, just go from there. Uh, Christian Pulisic is... Pro- Look, I love Christian Pulisic as much as anyone else. I share a name with him. Therefore, I am tied to him. Tonight was a really rough night for him. And I think that's going to be a very interesting narrative that we talk about through the rest of this World Cup, which is he's supposedly the guy, right? Like, I mean, we saw all the ads tonight, you know, where it's like, you know, the 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 famous, like, you know, haircut Dortmund, you know, pressure makes diamonds ad and all the rest of it. Tonight was a really rough night for Christian Pulisic. And I think we've seen this a couple of times where it's like, this is a big game, buddy. You got to show up. And I understand that his genealogy is Dortmund, and Dortmund is famous for never showing up in big games. But he's if he wants to be the guy, which was very clear at times. I, there was a there was a break in the uh, what is it? The seventy fifth minute might have been the eighty second, where he's all alone. He's got Sergeant. He's got um, Jedi Robinson on his left hand side, and I'm screaming. Just play the left-hand pass. Like, find this. 
And Pulisic just drives through the midfield because he has to be the guy. And they lose possession, quite frankly, cheaply. Like, that has to be... Like, like Pulley, I, I love Pulley to death. Like, I'm not... I, I think his skill set is something that we don't have in the pool. But he's got to understand that he doesn't... Like, being the guy means that every now and then you have to be able to, you know, find that pass or understand that you're not going to be the guy that's going to be on the end of the final product. I think if Pulisic kind of gets that, and then we get a couple of strikers that actually can figure out, you know, how to finish in the box, then I'm not too concerned. But man, they've got a lot to work on in terms of coming up to Friday. I mean, those lines have to be a lot tighter. I think that midfield, obviously that midfield was a little bit tinged because the two biggest drivers of that midfield, which are Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney, were sitting on yellow cards. They didn't want to get, you know, messy in that because obviously you don't want to have a second yellow and 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 get yourself sent off in your first World Cup game. And they did play like a naive team, right? Like they it did look like a team that was like, hey, we've never been here before. We're up one nil. We have no idea what to do. Let's just hold on to this result for 60 minutes. That was a bad idea. Um yeah, especially since Wales had never been there either. But they've I mean even though it sounded like a U.S. home game with everybody's, uh, you know, U.S. chants and everything, we could hear you guys over there. Um, you know, Wales, of course, this is their first time in 65 years going to the World Cup. They're they're going to show up. You and know, not, they yeah, they didn't let the occasion get to them like I thought they were going to. And I'm not going to blame the United States for playing kind of conservatively after they went 1-0 up. Because I think with this kind of group, which is so young and so precocious, and I love them to death, but if you look at the way this group has responded to adversity, it's always been like they're one nil down or they're two nil down and they've had to figure out a game. They were one nil up. That's the first time it's happened in a very long time, right? Like they have never been in a position where they're one nil up and they have to figure out a game, which is to say that they have to get over the finish line at one nil up. And it was very clear. I mean, they made a ton of mistakes. They were very loose in the midfield. They were very, you know, not great in the center back pairings. I mean, they, they made a ton of mistakes, but it's that thing where it's like this world cup almost feels like a free hit, right? Where it's this group that I think we've, we've brought the youngest roster to the world cup. This is a group that's never been here before. And I think what we saw in that second half was a team that looked at the first half, went into halftime at one nil and basically said, okay, we're just going to sit on our laurels for 45 minutes and we're going to figure it out from there. The problem with those kind of games is, you know, a team that isn't really attacking well, you've got to start going after them, right? Like offense is the best form of defense at times. And I think this was one of those moments where the United States had just been a little bit more expansive, a little bit more aggressive. You know, you find that second goal in the 50th minute or the you know 55th minute, whatever time you want to ascribe to it. They would have kind of seen this game through. And I think this looked like a game where it was like, okay, they're a young team. We know that. And it looked very clear that they were a young team. Do I think, and I think the other thing I will say about this, and I quickly, in the Nations League final against Mexico, Mexico kept punching them in the face and they kept responding. Wales didn't really punch them in the face and they didn't really know how to understand that. You know, they, they, they're a team that relies on the opposition being feral. England's going to give them that. And I think England's going to be a team that's going to just try and keep punching them in the face. And I think the United States might actually respond to that in a better way than Wales, which was like, 
okay, cool. We're going to sit back in our lawn chair and we're just going to play defense the entire time. I think that's going to matter a little bit more. And then Iran is going to try and punch them in the face because of the geopolitical issues that are, you know, between the two countries. I think the United States sees out this group stage okay. But tonight was, it was a convincing performance, but it wasn't a complete performance, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So we will see you here after the game on Friday and uh, go USA. Find your local viewing party um, and uh, we will see you on Friday, I believe.